Hello, this is Nick from WoW Talk, and you're listening to Double Tap on Mash Those Buttons. Welcome to Double Tap Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to the FGC. This is episode 20, and I'm your host, Jeremiah Mezzaward. I'm here with my co-host, Andreas Crashtag Moranis. What up, what up? We're actually, unfortunately, missing uh, Mikey this week. He had surgery, so send uh, your Twitter love to him. You see what happened? Mike got in a fight, right? Defending his girl, and he took a took a nasty one to the mouth, so he had to go get you know his crown fixed up and all. But he'll be back. He'll be back for the next oh, one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you know how Mikey he rolls like that. He's he's loved in the hood. His his hood of uh, Texas. <laughs> Yo, you ever seen those? You ever seen those? Uh, what is it? Uh, gangland episodes? Yo, oh, Texas man. Texas ain't no spot to mess around in. Those. Gosh, man, I I love watching those things, but then I'm like, no, nah, I'm never going to that. Then you're like, yeah, I ain't visiting. Fuck that. So, we're, we're, so yeah, well, this is uh, which one? This is episode twenty? We're on twenty now. Yeah, we've been doing this too long, bro. We need to we need to retire. It honestly feels like there's been more episodes than twenty. It feels like there's been like maybe sixty, but I don't know. Now that we're bi weekly, we're gonna start. We're gonna start seeing it really rack up a lot faster. Yeah. So, but remember, yeah, there, those early episodes was like. You cut one, it's really kind of like two, two and a half episodes because of how long yeah. they freaking lasted. Um, but yeah, so this, yeah, this is episode 20. Uh, I don't know if you put in the date, but it's 16th of May. So this is our second for May, correct? Yeah, we yes. did one earlier. Second, second for May. Yeah, second for May. It's, it's throwing me off because in June we're going to have like three. Oh, man. Yeah, it's because, yeah, timing. But yeah, uh, yeah, this is our second one for May. Um, but funny enough, it's... It's kind of light. Not a lot has been going down. It's been it's been kind of the the the, the waves have been settling right now, and a lot of games it's just been cruising, especially coming up to uh, Evo because Evo's like two months away. So we're gonna we're gonna have maybe a couple more tournaments, but everyone's kind of like sticking underground and not showing a lot of tech and things because they're all saving in their back pocket for it. So you know we 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 we'll, we'll try to cover as much as we can on that aspect but even on the game side of updates there hasn't really been a lot either um but we're just going to jump right in right in with like Skullgirls nothing nothing yeah Skullgirls ever since they made their 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 waves over in Japan they've i think they're kind of like complete they don't really have too much else to 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 do nowadays um honestly they're not probably coming out with any more content until they maybe either decide to release a new game yeah, a new version of the game because I mean they are working on other projects, so it's kind of a given, you know. Let them let them breathe a little bit. Skullgirls two confirmed. What? Well, honestly, I don't think Skullgirls two, but if anything, we'll probably get another XL version. Of, I mean, there's second encore. We may get a third encore. Honestly, I would like to see yes, probably Skullgirls like two. You know, that would be nice, but we're not probably going to see that for another year or two, if anything. What if they went 3D? I would probably hate them. What if they went like 3D Guilty Gear though? Like it looks so good that it looks so <sighs> 2D, cell shaded and all. I and, like and that it just works. I just like the 2D art the way they have it so far because it already gives you that that homemade, really funky style. Maybe it'll work, but I've always been a big fan of if we are doing the 2.5D or 3D-ish style. Mm-hmm. I, I like Blaze Blue the way they did theirs. They were kind of, in my opinion groundbreaking because they kept the 2d style while also getting that weird 2.5 uh element but i, like I still 3D like 3d backgrounds the way that they were yeah. and super high res 2d sprites well they they kept using high re- high res 2d backgrounds on top of other backgrounds so yeah. it was never 
an actual 3D background, kind of like how Guilty Gear is. Guilty Gear's 3D background. Yeah. But but it looks so good. I know. It looks so good, it, though. It's, it's so hard. It's it's two different styles, and I, I would like to see them try both. Maybe a mixture. I know, I, I know, you know, Lab Zero likes to test out funky stuff. So maybe they might find an in-between between the, the 2.5 and 3D. So like 2.8 and a half or some, some con- nonsense. 2.75, gotcha. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate word, it. Word, That's word, why word. you don't do math. Yes. So, so, so speaking of styling and looking good, uh, we reported last time uh, on Mira for KI that she had just been released. And you kind of had a couple words, a lot, some insights on how you think she was going to like work out in uh in killer instinct that actually i think you kind of hit hit it right you know hit the nail right on the head on how she plays so why don't you get a little insight on what's going on with her so uh, i've had an experience with creating characters for fighting games for a bit and the one thing that i always notice is people tend to shy away from characters that are very complicated and highly technical and i think those are the scariest characters as Mirror's showing to be, even though she is a pure glass cannon, mm-hmm. if you guys don't know what a glass cannon is, basically it's a character that doesn't have much health, but they have a lot of damage or a lot of heavy setups that kind of force people to make guesses that are really detrimental. So you could lose probably like 60-70% life off of just one bat, one poor guess. But sh- the character potentially could also do the same, have the same effect. So, or, or worse than some characters. Yeah. Another example of this character would be uh, Strider in MVC2, one of the most well-known glass cannons in that game. You let him get Ouroboros and setups with the right assist, he could destroy you, but you get one combo on him, it doesn't really take too long to murder him. Same yep. thing in 3, actually. And, and, you know, that's what they kind of relate Mira to. They kind of relate her to Phoenix of mm. the game. And I think it's a it's a bit much to relate her to that, but I think... You can relate her just strictly to a Marvel character that has low health and high reward, such as like maybe Virgil. Uh, but obviously, we still need to see more gameplay from her to see if she can do the output damage that Virgil does and still be a threat, even you know when they're just not. There's not much to the character yet, so I would like to see obviously yes where the development goes, whether she's just gonna be that counterpick character that people don't play too much because she's really highly technical. Mm-hmm. We're going to have that one guy who's just literally murdering all the pools, murdering top 16, and they just have to deal with it. Because this character, I believe, is going to force the game to go a different direction because a lot of people like to play KI more of a break heavy or, you know, there, there's like in-betweens to stop a lot of pressure. But I feel like she's going to negate a lot of that and she's going to force people to make guesses in all the places you don't want to make guesses. It's going to put make people uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, like, on top of that, and making the people that she's fighting uncomfortable, but, like, the players that actually use her probably have to think more more strategically than um, anyone that's playing any other character in this game. Because the thing about her is that, I know because we talked about it in the last podcast, is, like, she has movesets that, um, depending on the... The which uh, button you press, um, what is it? The heaviest one will will do damage to herself. Yes. Um, but it changes the properties of the the move, and um, you're sacrificing her potential health in order to land a lot more damage. So instead of going, she literally just has a a a much bigger meter bar than anyone else in the game. But the meter bar is not at the bottom; it's on her top. It's the life bar. 
that's what is going to se- separates her the most is that now she not only does she have the resources for meter at the bottom but then using her own life um to to kind of make to take like 50 percent or whatever 54 percent without the use of meter is kind of insane uh with like a successful lockout from what i've been reading on the article um but then you can still uh what is it take half your opponent's life bar with certain combos which is absurd i, I mean and, 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 then, the and then remain at full health like which is kind of yeah that's what i'm saying like she her she's a very advanced character as in she's like a heavy almost like a heavy gamble like what is it high risk high reward kind of deal because yep. it is like if you if you can't land some of these moves or say you mess up your combo and then um, or say you land your combo and you're sacrificing a lot of health to get that damage, but then you can't defend as well or choosing when to use the uh, the move at the right time, you're going to just sacrifice your life and actually just help your opponent knock you out faster. Now, I, I do think there is one thing that's going to, I mean, before we move on, that's going to kind of set the tone for her and kind of force players who aren't ready to play that type of technical character because she uses health in her normals Mm -hmm. and also in her special moves i feel like you're going to find players kind of limiting themselves from actually being able to play her to the best ability so you're going to find players probably steering away from always going for those heavier combo strings or leaning towards the heavier combo strings and finding themselves lose health more than they expect and i think it's going to be easier to for the other players to break her and they're mm-hmm. going to lose health off of this. They're, they're not going to gain anything. So they're going to lose more. And I think this is kind of the technicalities that people have to get used to. You're going to have to co- You're actually going to have to force lockout a lot of the players that are at the top of the pinnacle right mm-hmm. now in order to really play this character at a high level. And this is just coming from all fighting game experience. Yes. Obviously, it's going to be a hard character to play. It's going to be very predictable what most people want to do with the character. But I think the players who take it into their hands to be very unorthodox and play her with a a very awkward style where you're mixing in the heavy and the lights to the point where people are like, Oh, this is where she would want to go for a heavy and lose her life. But Mm -hmm. You know, an unorthodox player would be like, whatever, I'll just go for a go light. And I'll end, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll end I'm, I'm, it. I'm I'll hearing, just do it differently. By the time she has like no life, you just you just go ham because you have nothing else to lose. She's See, like, yeah, she has like no, uh, I don't want to say she has no comeback factor, but you know, like once she's at that point at that like last 10% and what's done is done. Like, she yeah. ain't getting much. So that's why I think like stuff like that is going to really dictate the way she plays and what the way other players play her compared to when that one person who we see actually understands the character, they're going to take unnecessary risk uh, in weird places. And that's going to throw a lot of players off. So I can't wait to see the player who comes up with that idea to just really play really super unorthodox and make people feel really uncomfortable. Like, oh, I want to, I know she's going to do, she's going to lose her health here. And they just go for like a 25% combo. They're like, what the hell? And then the next time they go it again, and they're like, when is he actually going to use his life? And then that's when they start really going for it. So I want to mm. see that happen yeah. with her. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see some uh, strategic thinking. But I like her. Overall, I like her design. I like how she's oh, been absolutely. inventing. She's pretty sick looking. And just her animations are pretty dope. So, you know, good look on, on KI for adding her. In. And it seems she's received pretty good reception. Even in competitive play, she's supposedly already top 10, uh, which is kind wow. of insane. It's, it hasn't been that long since she's been released. So we, we can only see where she's going to go from here. 
Now, speaking of going from here now, we're going to go straight through. We're, we're, we're skipping DOA, Blaze Blue, and XRD because there is nothing going on with them right now. Like I said, guys, we're there. it's kind of dead right now. So we're just kind of falling through on what we can find and what, you know, what's kind of news, not newsworthy, but something that we'd want to cover. I know you want to cover this subject all over, so I'm just going to let you uh, have this one. Absolutely. Uh, Pokin has been getting a lot of praise lately. And right now, tournaments that are have not been talked about too much are on the rise. So you got like stuff like Apex, uh, CEO, and then because uh, everybody's kind of looking for Evo. Uh, and there's going to be some in-between tournaments, I'm pretty sure. You still got but, those international ones, and then you got oh, the yeah. national ones, championships that Nintendo uh, is running that we, we talked about like a while back. And, and I think it's just interesting because this leads into a lot of uh, talk about DreamHack and the EU championships and how there's a lot of tournament problems and streaming problems. Uh, the streaming I'll start with first is basically DreamHack put on quite a show for the stream stream monsters and players. I thought it was really cool to see both perspectives before they actually entered into the match. So I could see who they were picking, what assist they were picking, and I could kind of, in my head, imagine how the match would go. But not only that, I could also see uh, before the match actually officially started, because they have to pick assist characters uh, before they start the fight, you can yeah. see the style of play that they were going to go for. Even though the other play, even though the players can't see each other, they're like, okay, what would they pick? And it gives you a better idea as a viewer how to enjoy the game a little bit more on that wider scale of an esport watching. So that was really nice. Uh, I thought their layout was really interesting and it it kind of made me feel comfortable to watch. And I, whether I was in a crowd or probably, you know, just watching at home as I was watching at home, it was really enjoyable. I, I couldn't almost rip my eyes away from looking at the screen. So I thought DreamHack did a great job on that part. But from what we found out, uh, they actually had the TCG guys, the trading card game uh, uh, team, actually run all of the tournament for Pokin. And that's where the real problem lies. Uh, we kind of didn't communicate well with the FGC, or rather the TCG didn't play, uh, cast didn't really work well with them. So there was like lack of casters at one point, and there was uh, mix-ups with the brackets and for something mm, so ne- simple. That's never a good look. Something so simple shouldn't have been so complicated. They said there was a lot of drought, so a lot of open air time for the players to, you know, maybe try and warm up or practice, but they were like, nah, uh, wait your match. It was kind of like watching high-level uh, poker, I guess you could say, where they go, all right, you're on this table you did well on this table. Now you got like an hour or two before you play your next uh next table. Or here's the the inter the intermission of like an hour. And then you come back. But imagine doing that almost constantly. And you only have a certain amount of players, maybe 40 or 60 players who are playing there. So yeah, it was a little sloppy. Um, but it was their first time. And I think that's where we should have, as the FGC, came in and be like, hey, uh, this is what you want to look to do. So overall. Great matches. Uh, great job to uh, Bim. I think it's Bim Bimmy. Um, he played Septile, took the whole thing against Catfight from New York, uh, mm. who plays Chandelier. But the the main thing was that we do have to, as a community, work a little bit better to help out with these events for a Pokin 
tournament event, DreamHack being the only one that's done a great job, uh, and you know the poking, com- not the community, but Nintendo backing it up. It just some of the tournaments, like the EU Championships one, was kind of lackluster and it was sloppy. They actually did a top sixteen, uh, and I was telling you about it. What they did was oh, this, they the, had the, yeah. the second life. Yes, they had for a tournament. They had all the players. Say it was like a hundred players. You made it into top sixteen from losers. It would reset so that you were in winners again, and you would have to play top sixteen through winners. Everybody, and I thought that was a little. It took away from the element of winning, uh, in winners and making it out because you actually did well. Now it's just like screw it. As long as I make it out through losers, I'm good. And that's where we have to start as a community setting a an actual precedent for what the, the tournament organizers should actually have as a normal set set rules. And originally, to my knowledge, set rules was, you know, winner's finals, grand finals, loser's finals, through best of three, um, top 16, winners and losers. And they don't mix up who plays who. There's still that order of uh, if, you know, you're seed one and winners or whatever, mm-hmm. you're playing against seed 16 that's in losers. So, like, that, that still matches up. So I thought that was really interesting that they that they kind of flubbed that up more than anything. So hopefully as a community and more and as Nintendo furthers more, they can actually fix that for us or we can fix that for ourselves to make it better. Well, it's still early on. I mean, um, Pokin being a new IP, a new kind of entry into into the FGC. And that, that being said, there's no temp. Like, yeah, there are templates. Obviously, it could follow. Um, but... That's that depends on who's actually, uh, you know, in the community, who's actually putting in the work in the community. Because you know, you know how it goes. We got our anime yep. players, we got our Capcom players, we got our Tekken, blah 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 blah, Marvel. Um, to the most, it's very universal. The universal rules apply to it, but then it's all about the community. It's going to build and how they're going to handle it. Um, like I said, you know, it's it's Margaret Forever. It's the first. It's the first year. It's the first uh, iteration of this kind of game. And Nintendo, obviously, it's handling. Uh, the esports side of things, or or a lot of the, or, or is trying to keep the esports side of things, you know, on check with you know their tournaments. Uh, and this one, this one was one of them, uh, one of the international ones for the temp- championship down the line that like that qualifies, correct? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Um, like the Dream Hacks were, and you know, it, like I said, Marjorie Fryer, you're kind of allowed to make mistakes. It's all right as long as it doesn't, you know, it isn't a recurring thing. As long as they learn from it, then it's all good. Yeah, I, I give them, like I said, it's. I agree with you. It's going to take time. But right now, I think it needs to start formulating a, a path for Evo if Evo is going to be a really big thing. Because there's over quite a few thousand entrants into this game. So we want a good presentation for a big showing. And I think that's the most important to uh, show that the game is, is viewable from the esport perspective, even though it takes a lot of consoles to have set up and running properly so yeah I do one, still one think thousand, like i think it broke over 1000 now yes uh it, it's not it's not as many as um street fire 5 now street fire 5 as we said last time was 5000 yeah plus. that's fucking insane dude i don't i just want to lose still bro i have no clue how they're gonna handle this look as long as i well they're starting supposedly thursday night so I, as I, long I, as i mean win, thursday night the week before right yeah i got you it makes <laughs> as, sense as long as i win three matches i should be in top like 1000 <laughs> that is an achievement man 
Nah, bro. Top 16, man. Top t- Ugh, come on. It's like 5,000 people plus. Yeah, bro. That's that's what it takes, man. Yeah, all right. We'll how see. You, how are you complaining about that? Because I haven't been practicing. You better nut up, man. Yeah, you better tie those balls together and be like, yep, let's go. Let's well, do this. I, I've been playing a little bit, just making sure I stay on my cami. Them pokeballs. What's up? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we're moving on to that. Now we actually have KOF 14. As if we didn't have, you know, more trailers to talk. But no, this isn't an actual, like, numbered trailer. It was more of a team trailer. So it was a Team Japan. Uh, so that's Kyo, uh, Benimaru, and then we got Daimon. So he was kind of released. Uh, they sh- they kind of showcased him more, and it's Diamond man. He's it's 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 my it's my sil- the silent killer with the closed eyes. Got the Brock itis going on. I just uh, like his I like his um his like little sh- his shoes that are like the old Bushido style. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's the coolest thing to me because I mean it's it's Japan man. He's, yeah, it's in Japan. The boy got the rising sun right on his forehead. I will say I don't know how he doesn't break those things when he's running though. <laughs> things are, are fucking sturdy as hell yeah man that's how they make them but yeah so they, they showcased him showcased team japan which is really cool i think they're gonna start doing that f- i guess they're gonna start releasing specific trailers for each team now uh ever since that one trailer that showed all the characters um and it was obviously that trailer was only i think three minutes long so they didn't have enough time to show all 50 characters i mean and, and showcase them so they just showed like everyone in their Perspe- uh, respective teams so team japan being the first ones released i guess we're gonna start seeing a team mexico team fucking uh team what is it fatal is it fatal fury team fatal Ikari, you know stuff like that uh, i um, just think it's interesting that that they're doing the team team teams like mm-hmm. trailers for teams yeah because they released so much already yeah but they're still giving you more and they're giving you more actual I mean, combos and video and stuff in the video might also be buying time <laughs> they're like oh shit we gotta make this last yo stall, hit, stall. yeah hit hit them hit them with the teams hit them with the teams we gotta keep what? we gotta make this going this is our this is our first game back as snk let's not make this play more let's get oh. back to it well, they did say the game is actually going to be playing a lot faster than its predecessor. So I think that's kind of interesting that KOF 14 is going to be faster than KOF 13. Considering KOF 13 wasn't, it wasn't really slow. It maybe felt a little big. I, I don't know the right word for it because it's like, it's that in between between uh, slow and fast, but it's a nice medium. And I, I don't know if KOF 14 needs to be any faster, but... We'll have to obviously get our hands on it before we can really say it, it works because everything in that game was, if I do a combo, it's not hard. It's just long. So I have to remember it. I have to just remember some extra inputs. But because it's going to be faster, is that going to make it harder for combos? Is it going to be harder for reaction? Because this Man, game is really... This is KOF. You already have to be like, you already have to have two PhDs in execution and timing and be weird to play this game. Oh, okay. That's fair. So faster, I think they're like, oh, finally, it was too slow. I wanted half a frame link. I didn't want full frame. What is this shit? It's too slow for me. That's how KOF is, man. Those motherfuckers go hard. Yeah, I like KOF. Word. Well, I like me some MKXL, son. Not much, but it was really cool. A little, little tidbit that got discovered was the uh, Mystic Ermac. You know, Ermac. The, I, I want to deem Ermac the leaky boat of this game. In MK9, it was Cyrex every time. You know, every patch or something, they would, uh, they would actually, what is it, try to patch him, but then from something busted or something stupid, but then he would just leak, 
leak bullshit from like another side. So I think Armax, I think gotten a couple of these. He's but more of a sense that yeah, he's had some weird glitches in the game, well, and now there's this infinite health bug glitch where if he exes you with the grab, um, in that variation and gets disrupted, he gets he gets some life back normally, right? It, once completed, he gets a little bit of life. He gets like I think like five or six percent or something like that, maybe a little more. Um. But when he gets interrupted like that, his animation gets interrupted, um, like in MK, you know, if it gets interrupted, okay, cool. They they bounce back. Characters get knocked down, they bounce back up. Um, but for some reason, his health bar just keeps regenerating. It, like, just keeps regenerating. It's, I don't think it's practical, though, once again, it could possibly happen online. So people would try to exploit that, which makes sense. Um, yeah. It's never going to happen in competitive play. It shouldn't. But no. I could just see it happening. Yeah, on the off chance, maybe it would happen. One, um, one out of like thousands of matches. Yeah. So yeah, so that guy that that was shown. That was a really cool showcase. And uh, yeah, they're they're definitely gonna patch that. Um, because most likely NRS didn't even know that existed. Obviously, we didn't until someone just was bored or I don't know, decided to make a video. One or the other. But yeah, that's that's what's going on with that. Uh, and now Street Fighter Five. Speaking of tech, so we had plenty of time to enjoy some cool street fighter 5 tech that's been going on from the east oh i just want to say real quick shout outs to graham wolf ever since i've added added him on facebook he's been releasing tremendous amounts of tech so uh, i want to he, personally give he's one. he's the guy that's been tweeting right just tweeting oh, like little 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 tri- tips and tricks like yo armika's i think i remember seeing it it's like her jab is negative two or negative something don't be afraid of that hit that shit he was like if you have a three frame jab he's like just blow it up just yeah, blow it up. Yeah, so I, I mean, like, I got to give it to him. Yeah, he's still posting some stuff that was originally noticed, but he's been throwing out some some shit that's even better. He actually showed people um what makes Nikali actually really strong, and um and I'm Wait, not going to get into it. I want you guys to go find the tech yourself by going to you know Grimble's Twitter. But um he he just posts so much. He was even showing people frame by frame how fast uh, Nash is Dash actually is. Oh, he's, what he's, been releasing, he's been releasing those videos as well. I didn't know yep. that was him. I've seen him. Um, the Nikali one was like optimizing for V-trigger use yes. rather than damage. Yeah, which is really cool because um, all it takes is because like that kind of stuff is what will change the meta, um, the meta game in within the game. Uh, once I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, this is really going to flip how Nikali is probably going to play because instead of going for damage, why not? He he had the numbers. He had the proof. When someone takes the time to do the the research and and actually um you know post his findings and be like, yo, statistically or you know your chances are better if you get Nikali to V trigger by sacrificing a hundred damage because once he has V trigger, bam, and activates, he's like the best character in the game, which is what you want. You want every advantage you can take. So yeah, you know I, I'm right behind you on that. I'm gonna double up and you know shout outs to him for for posting that stuff. Like I said, all it takes is that one dedicated dude. Kind of you know make people look left while everyone has been looking right. So yeah, good 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 luck on that, homie. Keep yeah. keep the work. But uh, talking about tech, still Daigo is a monster, man. He hasn't stopped with any tech that he comes up with. It's just like why? That's what I always say. Like when he first started punishing Sim in Street Fighter Four. Oh, with like standing fierce to like super cancel or something. <laughs> it's like come yeah, from on, full man. Screen. Yeah, he's been doing that from the get go. It's awesome. And and he still prevails at showing us more tech. Uh, he actually created. I guess I'll say he created it. Uh, there's a tech where 
if Sim tries to teleport, mm. what he does is uh, he DPs the opposite way while hitting oh. uh, medium. And yeah, what will happen is if you teleport to the opposite side, DP will automatically come out. If not, he'll get crouching medium punch. And I don't know how efficient that is because when he was doing the showing the tech, mm. it wasn't hitting Sim's limb, but Sim wasn't hitting him. Hey, so, I, he was I'm, he was breaking even. That's the worst case. That's awesome tech. Yeah. So oh, yeah, if you teleported behind me, you're gonna eat this. Uh, to show you, if not, your your teleport, you just brought me to you, which is what I want. I don't want to deal with your limbs from far away. And think about it. If you get DP'd from pretty much your max height from his lowest DP, one of his lowest DPs, he gets free dash up, or yeah, free walk dash up, up, double anything. dash, double shimmy into like, whatever. Yeah. Like Sim, this is scary for Sim, but I don't think this is only going to apply to Sim. I think this is also going to apply to uh, some weird jump ins that are that are kind of deep that cross up. Uh, mm-hmm. I also think this is going to apply to maybe uh, some dash dash over tech, such as um maybe like when Fang maybe does V trigger or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, just little funky things that I think are really going to change the way the game is played, as we were talking earlier. More tech changes the game. So I want to see where Daigo keeps pulling out more of this tech for Ryu because this is this is like watching old Daigo, man. This is old Daigo getting to play Ryu, getting to play the character that he feels most comfortable on. But obviously, Art's still having some trouble and struggling against Daigo, kind of getting steamrolled not only by him, but also Fudo, who plays Armika. And we all know how dangerous Armika is, but Fudo... Scary Aramika, man. He uses all the tech, and he's created most of the tech. So that boy's a nut. Yeah, watching him play <laughs> was pretty, pretty sick. Um, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, is when uh, our one of one of East Coast uh, presidents hopped over on the stream. I think it was two weeks, two weekends ago. Yes, two weekends ago. Uh, I was Arturo. You know, you know him as TS Seven from Team Spooky, um, and. Uh, yeah, you know, he 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 made his way over to Japan, which is really cool. It's, you know, the dream for fighters to 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 be for us stick, you know, button warriors to actually be the world warriors and travel around and actually meet people and go to places and experience matches and and how people play in different areas cuz it's very like I said it is very different when you go somewhere else. Someone could someone down the street could play there from you. Imagine that around the world. And yeah, he proceeded to be all like, "Yeah, yeah, we're about, about to be on the stream, about to blow it up, you know." Number one online, rank number one, can't can't touch this. And he got bodied. Like straight body bag. Daigo and Fudo were not having it. Um this fool got five owed, seven owed, I think, or seven one. Where's F champ to help him out? Yeah, give that him, boy give is him not that helping him. Tech. Have you seen the recent interviews? He is not oh. helping him. I don't think anyone needs to help him. Well, I mean, that shit is, sucked. It's a wake up call. Online to, don't matter. You have you to go. look at it this way: Is he technically our strongest player in the U.S.? Hell no. I I definitely agree. He's not with everybody that says he isn't, but he's prevailing to do so well for himself. But it's like, how much of how much of Art's time has been put into going to the heavier tournaments like combo? Like, is he going to be a combo breaker? He didn't really show up at. Was he at Northwest Majors? I don't know because I didn't see him in top eight. So like all these tournaments that he probably should have been at other than East Coast tournaments is kind of crucial. Like, yeah, you got to go to Japan. You got to see what it was like. 
But wasn't that at final round when they came here and they invaded and they just not only did Japan invade, Korea did too, but wasn't that enough of a wake up call to go, all right, I'm playing these guys. I need to like actually properly think about what tech they're going to come with at me and I need to be prepared to change my style of play. And I feel that Art didn't really, he tried to stick to his guns and play the way he does. But I think as a high-level player, he needs to start evaluating himself a little bit more. And I'm pretty sure he does, but he needs to evaluate himself Some of those too. Those screenshots definitely looked like he was evaluating himself while he was getting bodied. He was like, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> Yo, that fool. I've never seen anybody want to hop on a plane any faster than, than him when, yeah, when he was just getting brought up. I mean, he, he, he is the father. We can't, we can't say that he's a bad player. He is nowhere close to a bad player. But the thing is, he went over to Japan. I wouldn't say he was representing U.S. I want to say he was representing himself as a player. And the reason why I want to say that is not to take away from the fact that like he's from the U.S. or anything like that, and he lost really badly. I think Art went out there to learn. And he didn't have an intent to win, which is what you should have if you're going to play some of the nastiest of the nastiest players that you know are going to come over here. They have endless tech over there these guys play like the way they play is like them drinking water or breathing air we don't have that same concept over here so i think art going over there to learn and to see how they play like that again should revitalize him to go damn i really need to take this in a different light instead of saying damn i got oh five sorry us sucks it's all my fault you know and i think he's gonna get that pressure considering he is the number one on the ranking system. And people do look at it as Art's finally kind of pulling himself back up to being that high-level player who can take tournaments. So now I think he needs to transfer all that play style that he learned and all that knowledge. That, and you know, all the, the mentality. bruises and lumps that he took. Yeah. <laughs> and apply Transfer it over yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, he shouldn't have a problem playing everybody here at that is at a high level, he should be able to kind of honestly steamroll people now. He has to have learned something. And I think the mentality is what he should have looked at. <laughs> That's all I could say. He can't really learn anything else in the matchup beside... He, he learned, he learned his how ass free up. he was. He learned yeah. how free he was. That's what he learned. But yeah. Uh, so yeah Still shout-outs to him for, yeah. for doing hey, such man. a great job. Yeah, that's what it takes, man. You gotta, you gotta take your licks before you get, before you get better. Repetition. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's actually gonna sum it up for our updates, our game update segment of the of the podcast. And originally, this was also supposed to be, you know, um, I remember what I said in the last podcast we were gonna do a little special state of the of Street Fighter Five. Uh, it's been enough time now where we're getting you know good feedback on. It's been several several uh, majors, so we've been able to get good feedback from maybe our local scene and also top players are beginning to talk about um, how they feel about the game. Uh, because it's it's a great departure from from Street Fighter Four, of course. Um, and originally we we're gonna do that, but unfortunately, I also wanted to have Mikey in here. And since the boy is too busy defending defending himself and you know defending the hood and all that, and he got himself in, into surgery and all that, uh, so we're actually gonna push that back to the second podcast. Uh, well, actually, not second podcast, but rather the first podcast of June, which will literally will be June first. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have that set up. So we're just actually gonna power on through and actually hit through randoms because we actually have quite a few things in randoms. 
uh, to talk about because it's just, like I said, it's, even though it's been light in the game updates, eh, things have been going on behind the scenes or actually being brought up to the light uh, uh, for us to, to check out, which for starters, which I know you're probably smirking Meza right now. It's got I the biggest started. smile from ear to ear. I can already tell. Pokin sales have been reported that they beat the Street Fighter Five sales oh, in Japan. Too. In Japan, like tremendously. See, okay. First off, it was sixty nine thousand six hundred seventy five uh, thousand sales. That mm. was just launch weekend. Uh, and the follow up was Street Fighter Five's lifetime sales hit sixty eight thousand. That isn't. That is not. What you want to hear? Wait, sixty-eight thousand. Sixty, sixty-eight thousand. Wait, I'm confused. In Japan? No, just overall. No, that can't be right. It says that's what they're saying. Street Fighter Five on the PS4 sold six hundred seventy thousand. Maybe that's just in Japan alone, then. And then Pokin uh, sold six hundred eighty thousand by a difference of ten thousand. Ah, uh, what I have here is probably is probably a little bit. This is still a newer one that I have. That I have. Actually, fairly new. Uh, I think they were just saying for launch week. That's what this was. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Because yeah, the, 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 the article is for, for like May 14th. So this, this was literally um, last Saturday. Uh, but actually, you know what's funny though? Though, yeah, on console, they did beat uh, beat them out. But if you actually combine the PC sales, uh, what is it? The Is it combining PS4 and PC sales put Street Fighter Five at 690,000 units sold? Which puts it ahead of uh, of Pokin, but, but it's, it's still, still like the fact that it's that close, and this is a new IP, and this is you know Street Fighter Five. You, you don't get Street Fighter numbered sequels often. Yeah. So the fact that it just did that, um, like that, like you know, it sold that well is really good. You know, Nintendo once again, it prints money, uh, just just all over it. Uh, so yeah, hey, hey, good luck on Pokin for doing that. And you know, this is the first year we don't know. Like maybe after the tournament scene, the first season goes through and the championships happen, uh, uh, it, it might pick up. Maybe more people are gonna start getting involved in it. You're gonna start seeing more sales because the longevity of the game also means longevity of sales. I also want to state, people have to look at it from the standpoint. This should have been expected, regardless, considering Pokemon is such a big title in the U.S. and in Japan. So I didn't expect anything less. Like I, I feel that they should outsell uh, Street Fighter Five, and if they didn't, that's a problem because this is this isn't just targeting you know teenagers or people for nostalgia. This is this is targeting also little kids who are able to play this game. You know, it's not it's not violent. It doesn't have blood in it or anything. So this is like a step up from having a DS and playing a Pokemon game on a DS. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, they should not look at it as a standpoint as, oh, wow, I can't believe Pokin sold more than Street Fighter. It should have. It should have probably blown this shit out the water, quite honest. But um, that's just my opinion, considering Pokemon has had a long lifeline of different games that have done extraordinarily well. And they're still pumping out games like Sun and Moon. And you're gonna see a lot of content cross, you know, cross platform. And I think maybe that's where the cells are gonna really kick in, ten times as much compared to a, a game like Street Fighter Five. That there's only so much content they can release before people get frustrated with paying for more content. 
which actually is uh, <laughs> got a nice, nice segue uh, into what we're, we're going to bring up next. That uh, Capcom also had its little annual report, uh, you know, its financial results. And on top of that, the president actually managed to speak on uh, Street Fighter V and the lack of content and needed more polish. Then why'd you release it so early? No fucking shit, guy. Like, what? In quote, it's, what is it? It's best for him. This is a segment that he explained uh, on what's going on over the past year. It's best to spend a little more time in developing and running a high-quality title that will perform well globally, even if that takes longer. Duh. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. Like, I mean, the fact that he actually acknowledges it, it's cool because it was up to that point without, you know, actual official word from them. It's just us speculating going like, oh, I don't think they wanted it to, to be like this or or maybe they expected it to, uh, what is it, expected it to kind of perform a certain way. But, dude, there was so many issues during the beta launch and the regular launch. So people already criticized it for having, you know, lack of content and missing features, especially that whole, what, what was it? Um, no offline features like there's no story mode still yeah i honestly we're, i were promised a story mode in a fighting game i don't understand how they did not release more content I, I, first off i don't understand how you're releasing an incomplete game this reminds me of asura's wrath where i had to pay for episodes oh, that man. were missing so this is like a Capcom thing now. This is like, yeah, they've been doing it for a long time, but they usually tried not to do that with the fighting games, but now they're just they're because fucking that's everything up. That's what put them on the map. So I can only think like, you know, back then they couldn't update shit. They couldn't add extra stuff. So they had to put all their money, all their time into this one game and make sure that it made, you know, did well. Like, I don't know sales wise how Turbo did, how any of the Street Fighter old ones did, but God damn it, it's still alive and still around. People are still buying HD Remix version, even though it's shitty as hell. They still buy it and they still play the game. So at the end of the day, I can only think, why are you going backwards? Like reading reading this financial results plan, however you want to look at it, I think it's a load of shit. They've found ways to beat around the bush with answering questions. I think that they are saying that they're going to keep doing the same stuff that they've done before. And it's like, well, hey, Capcom, when are you going to make a change? You don't want to jump into esports, but you want to be a part of esports. You know, you have this Capcom Cup thing going on. You're doing this big esports thing, but then you go, well, we kind of want to still focus on ourselves. Yeah, you want to focus on doing the same shit you've done for the past few years where you make incomplete games and then tell people buy a season pass to make up for it. And I think that is the lazy way because you want to shell out games like how they did uh how ubisoft does assassin's creed and don't get me oh, wrong well we're no we're not even get don't even get started i'm on just that saying if that's the route they want to go by all means take that route at least let your let your community and the people who you're selling the game to know but don't try to don't try to shortchange us and bullshit your way out of how to actually sell the game that we know how you're going to do it so I'm just I'm not very intrigued anymore by how Capcom does their sell points. Yeah, well, I mean, at the time, also, I think um, in the development of Street Fighter Five, it kind of happened to happen in a weird tangent. Remember, like when they were speculate or when they around the time they announced Street Fighter Five, there was still that whole thing that Capcom was actually not doing too well. Um, actually, it was, excuse me, it was before they announced it, 
And they were like, oh, how are they funding Street Fighter V? And, you know, remember Sony came in and mm, swooped it up. And they're like, oh, we got an IP exclusive for us. Um, so maybe at the same time, I want to, like, it's funny. I still want to give them benefit of the doubt because they've been doing it for so long. Obviously, if they were doing some, doing it wrong from the get-go, they wouldn't have survived this long. Though sure. the strength of their IPs are very legendary. Maybe that's how they've lasted this long. But maybe maybe they're taking orders from above now. You know, Sony is kind of pulling the strings. They're the ones that are, were funding it. So maybe Sony's like, yo, you're making these, these windows, these launch windows. There is no if ands, or buts. You will get dropped if you don't make it. Like, you know, I want to give them the yeah. benefit, uh, benefit of, the, of things like that. But at the same time, it's still not, I don't think it's an excuse to then have us wait till June for a story expansion that, you know, it's supposed to explain. Expi- expi- like, remember, people were pissed at just the cutscenes in the story because it looks so shoddy. Um, it, it I mean, I like them. The work. That's it just wasn't me. the normal work. But it wasn't, yeah, like, it wasn't the work that we've known them to have. Uh, you know, that, 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 that tier of actual, um, I don't want to say polish in everything because obviously their, their balancing sucks. But um, their the polish in their games have always been pretty good. Uh, so yeah, it is what it is. Uh, that whole financial fiasco was was fun to to read. But speaking of another uh, actual intellectual property that they have that they should really think about bringing back will be awesome. We we came across a really cool game called well Piranha King. The developer has a game called Last Fight coming out, and it looks very much like Power Stone. What I don't understand is they there was another team that started a GoFundMe for I mean a Kickstarter for uh like a predator. Uh, oh like yeah, a, yeah, I remember that. It was like a, a sequel almost, or rather a. It was like a spiritual sequel. Yeah, like, yeah. For for Power Stone, exactly for Power Stone, played exactly mm-hmm. the same. But my thing is, these guys are kind of taking elements of Power Stone. And then kind of saying, like, it's not Power Stone, but it's inspired and we have little other elements. Is this the... I feel like we need more party platformers like this for fighting game players, in a sense, mm-hmm. to, to enjoy the games. Because, okay, I'm going to be honest, and this is a little sidetrack, but I've been playing fighting games for too damn long. To the point where I've actually waned off of playing other games. And I find myself playing fighting games and other games that are very short and sweet. So that I don't have to put like two or three hours in and be like, oh my God, I wasted my life. So I think this game, this last fight game. Wasted is, your life. <laughs> that's what it feels like though. But I mean, like, it's not like you're playing with friends. You're playing with people you don't know across the world. Your intention may not be to be the best in the world. It may just be like, hey, I really enjoy playing this game. But where's my time really going into? So I think with more of these fighting party games that mm. can be still competitive on that level, I, I like to see... Games like Power Stone style that allow friends and family to come together and still play in the same vicinity like when I was a young kid. I, I don't I felt like we were losing that essence of some fighting games. And I, I hope this game gets bigger. I hope it gets the exposure exposure that it deserves deserves because it looks like a really fun, exciting Power Stone inspired game. Yeah, sometimes you just need a G check to be like, yo, these are at the end of the day. Yeah, don't get me wrong. We compete. We like to press buttons. We like to talk shit and like to you know be better at uh, at something than someone else. But it doesn't hurt to also have fun. Absolutely. It's funny. A lot of the older heads in 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 fighting games tend to tend to reiterate that they're like, you know, they might be extremely skilled at it. Um, 
and they'll just like stop and they'll be like, I'm not having fun no more. And some, some of the newer new bloods just like, what do you mean fun? What is, what is that word fun? It's like, yeah, man, you got to have fun playing it. Like if not, then what's the point? So maybe this game, like you said, is going to bring some of that back, which would be cool. If it does, then maybe we'll just start seeing like corners at, at random tournaments with last fight uh, cabinets or whatever. And everyone's just there to just have a good time. Like let instead, me put of, my, instead of it being for like, you know, yes, yeah, unbodied and let me put my quarter down. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, let exactly. me put my quarter like, you know down. We, tag, we need more stuff in. like that. It gets stale if you're not competing. Like straight up. It well, does. It really does get stale. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so speaking of stale, people are petitioning for Marvel 4. Next. Oh man, what? No, 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 no. Real quick. The petition's cool. You got to look at it. Disney decided to go less on the whole publishing side and become more of a licensing company. Cool. Awesome. Wonderful. Who's going to pick up Marvel? That's the question. Do I think Capcom should? I want them to, but I think we need a new direction. And I think the new direction should be to have Marvel characters versus maybe some other characters that are a little more familiar from other stuff maybe like bro the only time you'll catch me play that game is if they put han solo or chewy in that bitch and i am all for it look i was really looking forward to I seeing mickey chewy, mouse in it virgil fucking uh who else who else we got uh from marvel just some random i want daredevil to be playable this time that'll be pretty sick um, i mean this goes back though to all that that fan poll system yeah. That even XRD did, and they got really, really good feedback, and they got dizzy back in the game jam. But that also comes down to us. We've had characters from um, Miss um, Marvel. Uh, uh, who who did they have? Um, De- uh, what's the don't one worry, character? Don't think too hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna explode. But basically, oh, Rogue, bring Rogue, Rogue yeah, back Rogue. would be pretty cool. I know you'd lose your damn mind. Honestly, throw Miss Marvel, and you've already sold me. Mm. I don't even need Rogue either or. Well, I mean, at the end of the day. Yo, Vader would be disgusting. I would love to see more characters from different series invade into the Marvel world. Like, I would love to see, like, they're like, oh, we flew from a different galaxy and we, we time warped here and shit, y'all about to die. Like, I don't <laughs> care if the story <laughs> sucks. is about to get lit up. Let me, let me, let's be honest here. Who's ever played Marvel for the story? I mean. Oh, I totally did. I mean. You played Marvel, maybe Marvel too, because I actually kind of liked it, even though there was no real story. It was like, hey. There, there was a story. It had to do with freaking Ruby. Had to do with Ruby mm-hmm. because she like is the one, I think, that gathered everybody into her ship and traveled to fight. So there was Whatever a story. his name was at the a- end. Abyss. I forget. What is it? Abyss. Abyss. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, then, and then, you know, what's it called? Cactus Amigo or whatever, original character for that <laughs> game. And that's it. <laughs> like, I, that's I mean, I remember. Marvel 1 had a really good story. It was like, hey, Onslaught's Oh, yeah, it was here. Onslaught. It yeah, was, of it course. Was based off of comics, if, yeah, if you want to be honest. Yeah, it was legit because it was more on the Marvel side. Then it seemed like Marvel 2 was more about the Capcom side, I guess. Yeah, but let's be honest here. Onslaught was existing in the game, and he probably should have killed everybody no matter what. Yeah, even though, you know, in the comics, if you don't, if you have never read it, the, the Hulk de- defeated Onslaught. So, you know, if you didn't know that, now you do. <sighs> Is this a comic podcast? I'm sorry. I, I got Damn. distracted. Anyway, yeah, Marvel Force. There's a petition. I think the last I heard there was, uh, was it over 2,000 signatures? Yeah. I mean, it's still building. Um, I don't know what their cutoff date is and what their... Here's the thing. We're making a petition for Marvel 4 to be made. Now, who is looking at this and who are we directing this to is a bigger question. 
we can't just do a petition and say, uh, we're all right, somebody make 9,500 supporters out of 10,000. There you go. Yeah, but it's like, all right, we got all this. Who are we going to throw this at now? Like, I would love, I like that it's just there, but it's like, who are we throwing this at? And who wants to take on this project when Marvel's cells were, to my knowledge, Marvel's cells were really good, but they weren't outstanding. No, because remember, this that is a very core demographic. I mean, a lot of people play it, and a lot of people still play Marvel 3 that are obviously not competing uh, friends and stuff like that that I come across. Like, they have it on their, on their, on their console. I'm like, yo, dog, you rocked that? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you don't want it, son. You don't want it. Like, no, I'm pretty good. Then you body them, right? There are still people like that. Um, but remember, the hardcore scene, the core scene that we are, it is always much smaller than the, the, the amount of people that they want to sell it to. So they're not just going to do it because 10,000 of the hardcore, like us, because I guarantee you most of the people on that petition are people that play the game competitively. Um, and like, yeah, I don't think it's going to be enough. Like 10,000 is not even enough to warrant them to want to even start thinking about a game because that's a lot of money they have to put in. So obviously they need to make their money back. Street Fighter Five, though, don't get me wrong. It's a great big update. It looks amazing. It looks 50 times better than uh, Street Fighter 4. Um, it still was supposed to sell. They wanted to sell 20 million or something like that. Is that 20 million? Is that what they wanted to sell? Yeah, something around that. Or no, it's not 20 million. I might be thinking wrong. So I think it's like 2 million. I can't remember the name. They came up short. And this is a this was a this is Street Fighter. This is more commonly known than, you know, the Versus series. Yep. So that's that's already that's already working against it. Though don't get me wrong, Marvel, I mean Marvel, well, maybe, maybe Disney will start uh taking a hint. But uh Capcom is not no slouch to listening to the community. Yeah. I, I hope they pick it back up. I do. I really do hope they pick it back up because they at least know what we like and they do listen. So in in a sense for at least fan based games, I think that this will be really nice to see. Capcom pick it up one last time. Yes, one last time. No more Marvel 5. No more after this. No no more of that. Just let Marvel 4 be the exact game we all wanted. Mm-hmm. And then let it just die out. Let it be that 10, 15 years, 20 years where they go, we are making something new. It's not Marvel, but it's something similar to it. Yeah, just start doing versus series of something else. Yeah. That would be awesome. SNK3, oh my goodness. I, I like it. Uh, why CBS I say SNK three? I mean CBS two. I, mean, I, exa- I knew exactly what God you meant, it. though. No, CBS three. No, I knew exactly what you meant, but it was just like Oof, that'd be that's that's where we need to go back. Is start working on other titles that are similar, but let Marvel go after four. <laughs> just let it go. Pull an Elsa. Come on, Disney. Yes. Just say it. Let it go. Let that shit go. And put her in the game, please, because oh, I will dude, have right, reason right, to play the you're game. You're reaching. All right, you're reaching. I'm not reaching. Speaking of reaching and getting picked up. So this is like this last part is what we have for randoms, the FGC. Um, you're going to kind of see a little of a, a, a pattern here in the subjects. But, um, okay, Alex Myers, who in Street Fighter 4, I'm pretty sure you heard of him, towards the, around the, the last 25% of the life of the game and competitively, Alex Myers, he was a really good Sakura player. Insanely good. He was making he was making marks very fast. Um, the boy came out. I don't know. I don't know how long he's been in the game. I'm assuming he's been playing for a while. But then I don't know. Maybe he just he flipped the switch, found the secret, went Super Saiyan, and picked up Sakura and started actually, you know, running through. He's a West Coast player, so he started running through there, started showing up at Wednesday night fights and stuff like that, doing good in tournaments, winning a couple of them. 
Um, and in Street Fighter V, he's actually done pretty good for himself with Cammy because unfortunately there is no soccer in here. Uh, so obviously he had to he had to switch it up. And uh, I I forget did he win Northwest Majors? It wasn't um, him. It was Julio. No 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 no. Julio didn't win. Um, he didn't win West Coast Majors. Uh, Northwest Majors. You mean West Coast Warzone and then Northwest Majors. Northwest Majors. Excuse he me. He won West Coast All Warzone. All these West. Yeah. But Northwest Majors, Alex Myers, I believe, took. Okay. So, um, now here's the thing. Uh, most like I always like to dive into what games are being played by these companies and why they're picking them up. Now, obviously, they have not made an FGC section for Ronin. Uh, and you guys can go check out uh, Alex Myers' um actual team page. Uh, Ronin.gg. It, it, it was just the one that won. Oh, oh just one. Yeah, yeah. We were way. He did really there. well, though. I would no, say he really he, well. he's, he's like eight. he's like top eight. Yeah, it's top and eight. And he beat a seven. lot of good players to to get there. I think he beat Knuckle Do. I think they said or something like that. Or um, no, no, he beat um Julio Brent is cool. He beat uh PR Rog. I think XNK Samurai. What's up? I thought I thought he beat uh PR Rog. Um, no, no, he never faced PR Rog. Man, there's there's a lot of knockouts though. That's the thing. Yeah, and that, I know that, Alex that, was a big that, part that of that tournament. Team. Was like all over the place, but yeah. But like I was saying, um, a lot of these new teams that have been around in other genres of games, such as first person shooters or whatnot, they're starting to pick up the fighting game players because they see that the esports side is getting a lot bigger for them. Mm-hmm. So these guys are more known for their Counter Strike play, but uh, they've picked up and also Team Fortress, but they've picked up uh, Paladins and uh, CS:GO. Uh, not CS:GO, sorry. Um, they picked up Paladin and the yeah no actually I think it was CS:GO that they picked up for um new players so they're trying to reestablish I have heard of Ronan a while back but um yeah they're they're rebuilding and I think this is good for Alex because he's gonna be a fresh face for Ronan and it's not like anybody else is picked up by them so he's definitely got a confirmed guarantee uh, career with them. And I think they're going to last quite a long time since they've already had establishments within other games. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're starting to see that trend of like these esports teams, like you said, are starting to just rack up um, fighting game players like hotcakes, which is cool because they're starting to recognize uh, the esports scene in fighting games. It's about damn time because I'm, you know, some of these tournament organizers and some of these players, some of these just people that are for the community have been putting their asses down for a very long time. And it's been kind of due. I mean, don't get me wrong. These are players. But you got to understand this is how it starts. It starts with being recognized and having the players and then start filling up more seats, which is good for everybody because more seats means the TOs get bigger venues. Bigger venues mean, you know, bigger events and more money that goes in, which means these people get also make a living off of it. You know, it's not to live vicariously through them, but rather it's to see when hard work kind of pays at times. Not everybody. Not everybody, honestly, is working that hard. Some people are just you know uh what is it personalities yep. but it is what it is you know you can't hate the player hate the game i uh, mean so what was up? i was just gonna say look at if you look at julio right now julio may not be playing in every single tournament mm-hmm. he's doing great in every tournament but the one thing is he has a really good personality and he's actually taking up the microphone and i think that's what a lot more esports teams are going to start having these fgc players do and that's, I think, the biggest direction for the fighting game players because they're going to start getting showcased on ESPN as more than just a player, but also somebody who's the face of that team or community. So yeah. I, I think that's the direction that we need to go more. Instead of being put in the corner, 
you know, being, putting baby in the corner and just, you know, in the dark. Uh, like, what is it? Red Bull. Red Bull was starting to show that with Snake Eyes. Remember, we they, he got picked up by Red Bull, who was doing good, showing up at tournaments. But then recently, he's been going to these. He's been tweeting it, you know, and uh, he's been at basketball games. And he's actually been brought up in certain events in the basketball games. They're like, oh, we have an esports athlete in the building, blah, blah, blah. And kind of putting the spotlight on him, kind of. And, and then actually making content of him playing with um, certain athletes and certain games, stuff like that. It isn't just fighting games, so... Like the personality end is not a bad way to look because you know what at the end of the day that's kind of what the fighting game players have more of because I think of our the way our we naturally interact with each other in our scene it's just how it is we kind of develop these these weird personality at times sometimes they're also really good uh in an example K Brad he's a really good personality for EG EG was not to say they were stale they were great players they're all great players and a great team but it kind of started showing we didn't have a face. Maybe the most face they had was say Jay Wong yep. because he was just that good. But now it's like more people know K Brad because K Brad is just that guy. Remember what is it? Uh, when he was doing, uh, was it CEO? Oh yeah. When he was coming in, Stone Cold Stunner thing. Yep. Then you got Stone Cold Steve Austin tweeting about it or talking about it on the podcasts personality. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like I said, it might be the, the most natural fit for us. Uh, and on top of that, so we also have another uh, player, LPN, uh, he's been sponsored by Circus. I'm I'm wasn't familiar with the with this team. Have you heard of them before? Uh yeah. Um, I've heard of Circus. They actually sponsor a lot of surprising Smash players. Okay. So uh, Circa, Circa, um, they sponsor a lot of um Smash players. They they're moving into Pokin. Uh, I think that this team is interesting. I I still have a lot to look up on them. Uh, I would like to know more. I, I personally, I personally would like to meet the actual management team and see where what what they actually do. You know, mm-hmm. um, if this is just a new building of a team, a brand new team, or if this is actually uh, just something that they're doing as a as a as a fun group. You know, like that supports each other. Yeah, is the homies. People, yeah, like is, people, it, is it a legitimate business or an organization, or is it just you know a couple a couple of people together that had a great idea and it's kind of been flourishing? Which there's nothing wrong with that at all. But nowadays, with sponsors just grabbing people, like I said earlier, you kind of need to bring a little more to the table. Which is why I'm assuming there's some sort of established team. But I just you know I there's so many teams out there now, man. I can't know everybody. I, oh, I just can't I, do it, dog. I, I don't, can't do it. I don't blame you honestly because it's gotten to that point where. They're there's coming out so many, work. Yeah, there's so many new establishments. And I mean, obviously, you're going to know Echo Fox because they're brand new, but they've mm-hmm. been stomping. They're trying to stomp their way into uh, League of Legends. Mm-hmm. And I know they're probably going to be making a Dota team and all this other stuff. But you got like TSM who've been around for a while. You got CLG mm-hmm. who's finally picking up some people. Still nobody picked up for fighting games. So keep that in mind. But besides Smash. And then you got more teams that are, you know, NRG, uh, so some teams that have actually gotten banned within other teams that uh, other games that are probably going to start moving over, picking up more players in the fighting game community because they have a lot to work on. So I think you're going to see a, a, a surgence of a ton of new teams trying to make their way into esports. Mm. How legitimate they are, I don't know. And I think that's the biggest part where I hope we come in and can enlighten people. But at the same time, I hope that players aren't just taking a contract that says, hey, we're going to give you 15000 a year, and then whatever you make in you know, a tournament fund, 
you you give us like 30% or 20%. God damn, and, bro. Yo, that's how it was though. That's how it was when we were when when FGC wasn't super big. You were getting and then yeah, I'm revealing some shit for you guys. I won't say what teams or anything like that or names, but there were top players getting like only 20 grand. And then they're like either depending how big you were, you keep all your funds, but you you go out to this showing, go out to this. But then there was teams that was, you know, other people who were getting 15 grand, but we were getting cuts, you know, from 20 percent, 15 to maybe even sometimes 30 percent was the cut. And then they were getting the 70 percent for themselves. So that has to shift and change. And I think with these bigger companies coming involved. I think people, players who are of a higher status need to start negotiating a little bit more. I get it. We're still fresh. We're still new. But if we're not negotiating early and we're taking $15,000 payments and then everything else is earned through your hard, you know, your hard work, that's kind of bullshit. And I'm going to call it now. I think any player who is of status that has a good personality like K Brad or, you know, and he just renewed his. Uh, contract, contract with yeah, EG. Yeah. That was so, like last week. So to me, I feel that if these companies are shelling out, let's say thirty-five to forty-five, close to fifty grand for these players to show up, stream, you know, push the product, they're they're just they're in just as a good spot than you know these people who are getting the twenty-five grand by a team that's not well known and then paying you know their pretty much paying to be a part of the team. So mm. I, I want to see more players of that higher caliber not settle for a, a brand new team that was just created who isn't put on the map or who isn't putting money out to pay for them to be there. Because obviously, if Julio didn't choose Echo Fox, I would hope he would choose a, a, a company bigger that has more money or has equivalent to what he's worth. I don't want to see anybody getting less. And that's just my opinion on it. Sorry for the rant, but it, it's the truth. I think that we need to start establishing that. You know who's the truth? Daigo. Yeah. You know why he's the truth? Because that boy got another sponsorship. Yeah, so he's the last on our list right now. And this actually happened over the weekend, I believe, or it was last Friday. I think it was over the weekend because um, I don't remember hearing anything about it on Friday. But Daigo is now a, I don't want to say, I, this is the close I put it, is quote unquote dual sponsorship because he is still sponsored by Mad Cats. Of course he is. He is their golden boy. He has made them so much fucking money um, that there's no way they're letting them go. They let go of the other boys. They let go of, the, uh, of uh, who was it, Tokido and Mago already, but they ain't letting the poster boy go. No, 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 no. They're not doing that. They'll pay his $120,000 salary or whatever. Okay, he doesn't make 120000 but, but he did make. But that's how, how much he makes, like in a year or something like that, reportedly, which is kind of crazy. Um, but uh, what is it? So, yeah, Red Bull, da, 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 with a freaking cape and everything and a, and a box full of, you know, cans, uh, came up and said, yo, uh, we want to partner you. Not sponsored, because like I said, he's already been taken up on that. So there hasn't been an actual moment where people have been multiple spon like sponsored multiple by multiple entities like that. Um, and I'm sure you're like, oh, well, EG has Intel and this and Steel. we have Steel Series, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, those are sponsorships for the company, not for the actual player. Because you don't see Justin Wong. Justin Wong will have it on his jersey. And, you know, he'll have all his little, just like a NASCAR racer, they have all the sponsorships on their jacket and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean they're sponsoring him directly. They're sponsoring the company. 
Uh, Daigo, on the other hand, he's now technically being sponsored by two entities like that, Red Bull and Mad Cats, which is cool because maybe we're going to start seeing some more international play between. Uh, we got, who else we got? Uh, we had Luffy. Yep. We have Nemo. Or was it Bonchan? No, Bonchan. Um, Snake Eyes. And Daigo. So look, let's look at it this way. They're, he's partnered. And people need to realize partnership is not the same as sponsorship. No. Sponsorship, they will pay for some things. And in a sense, they... Oh, they're going to pay for him. They're going to pay. Well, they, they pay for things. Now, well, the difference is, is with sponsorship, they pay for you and then they send you out to places to promote their stuff. The difference is Daigo is part, now a partner. I don't know if that's still considered a sponsorship for them in a sense, but if he is considered to be what I think is a partner, that means anything he does that relates to Red Bull, he gets his own cut that's pretty substantially big. So it's not like, oh, we're paying you this normal salary. They're going, hey, Daigo, if you put this on your stream and people decide that they want to buy the Daigo Red Bull brand... You're getting whatever you whatever you make out of that, and we're getting a little bit, very little. So yeah. that is, I believe, the way Daigo, because he's big enough to be by well, himself. He's but. all he stated. It, this happened on his stream. Um, this happened on his stream on the thirteenth that he stated that he entered into partnership with them and he explained that Red that you know Red Bull isn't just an esports team, but they're gonna work. They work with players. They're players to help further their goals. So apparently, Daigo hopes to make ideas that he has for the community work and actually uh with this partnership with red bull they're gonna help him so it's not just so much as maybe him trying to sell them cans or you know try to use his name but i think red bull because i think so far red bull treats their players well you know snake eyes uh he's the only american player on there for this kind of thing obviously they they sponsor skateboarders all that kind of stuff all these extreme sports athletes um but not you know this, this is a new era so we got the keyboard athletes and you would think by now if there was an not an issue, but like you know if something was kind of not smelling right, we'd hear it from a guy like Snake Eyes because he seems like a pretty legit dude. Um, so and especially if you're gonna go into partnership with like the poster boy, like there's there are there are players, then there are players, and this is the player. This is the guy that literally put a lot of the FGC on the map for in name wise. Not to say he's done everything, but you know, he's the first one a lot of companies will hear about before anyone else. Uh, so I think that I think like him being legit about how I'm saying, you know, this is just to help fund my goals to make things work for us. I'm like super down for it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, actually, that's just going to wrap us up. If you would do the honors, sir. Absolutely. In place of Mikey, because Mikey usually does the outro. Yeah. Um, just so you guys are aware, I rest will in, be. Rest in peace, Mikey. Word. Oh. <laughs> um, I will actually be doing traveling within the next two weeks to uh, Combo Breaker. So hopefully I'll be able to do a segment for that. But uh, thank you guys, honestly, for listening. Uh, you can catch our our podcast all over Google Play Music, iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Player FM, Pocket Cast. And I'm not sure if we have another one, but it, we probably have other places, do we? And if we ha- if this is too many places for you guys, just send all your emails to uh, to Jared. You know, Ja, he's in the uh, in the other podcast. You know, he's the one that takes care of things. So you know, feel free to forward all the hate mail to him. Absolutely. Um, but you can also check us out every week. I mean, bi weekly 
uh, every month. Uh, every week, man. I'm not trying to die here. I, there's only so hey, much news. Hey, the, we're getting bigger now. Um, but yeah, you can check us out. Obviously, we're Double Tap bi-weekly. Don't forget Watchpoint Radio, which is strictly overwatch yo bro that game is ridiculous may 24th go pick it up oh yeah the announcement i meant to say is uh so i'm leaving fighting games sorry bro (gasps) i'm leaving fighting games i'm substituting overwatching it that game is too much fun we are actually gonna be making our way up to new york for an open overwatch slash hearthstone fireside gathering at the microsoft center up in new york are you telling me you guys are gonna play in a competitive oh we're playing we got a where was my invite bro i didn't know you played I mean, I would have bought the game if somebody convinced me. Even see, though, see, I mean, do you guys need a curve. DV you're player? Already behind the curve. Do you need a DV player? That's all I can say. DVA. A diva? A DVA player. That's yeah, diva. Son, diva. No, 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 no. She's D.VA, okay? Dog, don't try, don't try to diva. give her a dip. All right, you know what? We're going to save this I'm for Watchpoint Radio, all right? So go check out Watchpoint Radio bi-weekly every month. Also, if you guys still love to watch Destiny or you're just interested in getting into it, uh, check out In Orbit. It's every other week of every month so you have that and we also still have the wow talk which is also every other week every month and don't forget the movie's coming out soon so not only that but then we got legion the expansion is going to be coming out too oh man they're going to have so much to talk about these next few weeks when it comes yeah. out so definitely check that out if you guys uh want to ever email us or just hit us up we've been getting a lot of people we've been getting love been on twitter yeah, thank you guys. Honestly, I appreciate it. The more, if you ever have questions or if you ever want to have us talk about something specific on on the actual podcast. Uh, yeah, or hit, just yell at us. You know, that's all good too. You can hit us up at Twitter at MTB site. Um, you can also contact us at Facebook mash, backslash mash those buttons or even YouTube mash those buttons. Um, if you want to contact Andreas, you can hit him up at crash tag BS. Or if you just want to say some bullshit to me because I love to listen, you can hit me up at Daimyo Meza at Twitter. And um, honestly, guys, we do appreciate all the feedback that we get. Uh, we love that people are actually engaging into these con to these actual conversations with us. So if you have anything you want to talk about, especially off of this podcast or a previous one, by all means, throw us a Twitter message. We'll we'll definitely respond as soon as we can. But uh, that's it. That's episode twenty for y'all. All right, y'all. Catch y'all next time. Peace. Peace.